Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. I'm here as always with Dylan White, the slave of the Robo Scout. Last week we <laughs> you were the master and you just agreed. So I'm gonna flip the relationship there. Uh you you are just you're if nothing else, you are a slave to your to your robot. I, I am beholden to Robo Scout's whims. <clears throat> what it outputs, I cannot question. <laughs> Very good, very good. But we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Uh, I'm just coming back from the Florida Complex League. I was around the Clearwater Tampa teams, I'll call them. So that means I get to see Tigers, I get to see Phillies, I get to see Blue Jays, and I get to see Yankees. Um, Yankees obviously being the headliner. I did see a couple of first-rounders as well. Um, And one pitcher I think we'll talk about a little bit later who I think – has a lot of fantasy value. I ran out and threw a huge bid on him in my 30-team league and ended up winning. Um, had actually made a trade for Fab with the intention of picking this guy up after seeing him because I was almost out of Fab in this league. So um, we'll, t- we'll get into that guy. But, Dylan, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you, and we can talk a little bit about maybe a dozen or so players that I saw this week and some other names. And uh, you can maybe even ask me about some other names that you're interested in on these teams. Maybe I saw them, maybe I did not. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> so did, how much weight did you lose in the, uh, the frigid temperatures of Florida? Was it, uh, was it sweltering? It was, it was about a hundred <laughs> degrees every single day. So put that uh, into perspective. It was a hundred degrees pretty much with the humidity and everything else. Uh, luckily, I had lots of shade. Phillies have some shade, uh, and the Blue Jays have some shade. So I was managed. I managed to pull that off, and I doubled up on a couple of days. I saw three Dunedin games, um, or four, no, three, three Dunedin games: Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. So why don't we start with my beloved Blue Jays? First round pick, Arjun Namala, power, first Indian born, MLB draftee, uh, in the first round at least, maybe ever. I'm not sure. I can't remember the, the trivia question. Um, a darling of models because he's so young. And sure enough, even though he has seven plate appearances, I ran Robo Scout today, or rather, it ran me to keep up the same metaphor as the beginning of the podcast. Um, and he has a 90. 17 years old, seven plate appearances. He has a 90 robo score, um, mostly because he has a 212 WRC plus um, and is only 17. So you saw him. Um, how, how do you look? Um, I thought it was really impressive. I think you could even argue of the draftees I saw, Namala was maybe the most impressive bat. Um, just really easy backspin off the barrel. Um you know, there's some swing and miss there, but it wasn't like accentuated. It wasn't extreme. 
Um, it was more that he is not overtly passive. Um, did take a walk. Like there's some approach there as well. Uh, but he saw strikes and he, you know, he hit the ball hard. Um, had one walk in the three at bats. They only played seven innings on Saturday, the one game that he was in. Did see the Blue Jays team three times, but Namala only played once. Did not play in the doubleheader against the Yankees in the previous day. So this is Saturday morning at the Phillies uh, complex. Um, faced off against uh, a, a tall right-hander who was uh, an excellent strike thrower, a guy that I brought up to you before the podcast, though I know he doesn't rank all that highly. Daniel Mejia, really projectable body, super thin, sinker slider guy. Um, it was a close game, but Namala had a ball that he hit uh, deep into the outfield in this first at bat that, you know, in maybe another park might have snuck out for a homer or something like that, but was at least a, a well hard hit ball. Um, and then in his second at bat, he hit a double to the wall that I actually thought for a split second was going to be gone. And it hit like the top third of the wall, I'll say, and kind of bounced down and he just strolled into second easily. Um, he had kind of an extra gear too. It was funny. Like he didn't come out of the box all that hot on this. And then saw that it was carrying. And like, as soon as he hit first base, it was like, he turned in the jets and he moved pretty well. Um, and then he walked in his final at bat, but a couple hard hit balls um, looked apart. Uh, there's a ton of bat speed there. You know, I don't think he's like a freakish athlete or anything like that, um, but it might be more in like um, the Jordan Lawler mode, maybe a little bit. I don't think he's that loud. Like, I don't think he is going to be Jordan Lawler. But I think it's like a similar bucket of players, if you want to say that, where I think there's going to be some approach there, maybe a few strikeouts, especially early. Um, there's definitely power at the point of contact. You know, defensively, I don't know. Um, defensively, the arm is fine, pretty good. Uh, I might even be plus. You know, I didn't get a ton of throws, so I'm not going to throw out any certainty on what the arm is. Um, the range is okay. It's fine. The actions were a little messy at times. He had a couple balls that he misplayed. He had one that was would have been an easy turn at second, and he bobbled it. Um, had a couple things like that. You know, he, I don't know. You know, um, first time in pro ball, it's all fixable stuff. Um, I know the organization is really high. Somebody within the organization uh, that had some proximity, uh, Carlos Correa actually had mentioned that he, he put a Carlos Correa comp on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I get, I get the style of player that he is. He falls into that bucket, um, where it's not going to be like super crazy twitch explosive athlete, but like, he's got a ton of bat speed. He's got power. He's got approach and, you know, should stick in the infield and, you know, maybe he's a better shortstop than I'm, I'm selling him as, uh, I just haven't, I saw one game, so I don't want to read too much into it, but I think like. There's certain things like power, the way the ball travels off the barrel, things like that, pitches that guys swing at, that stuff jumps out immediately. And the mall had it. He's he's pretty exciting. I could see being aggressive on him in uh, FYPD. Would would you would you have him in your top fifteen? Maybe it's too early for you to know for sure. But do you think he's like a first round FYPD guy? Yeah, I think so. I think like depending upon how you view. Rhett Louder, you know, that's that's one guy that I could see, like, just because from a fantasy perspective, maybe he's not all that exciting, right? Um, you know, that's definitely one guy that he could hop. 
Um, trying to think of uh, Dolander, you know, as a is a Rockies pitcher. I could see him hopping Dolander. You know, I'm not crazy about Jacob Wilson, uh, particularly from a fantasy perspective. Blake Mitchell is a is a high school catcher. Um, Noble Meyer is a high school pitcher, though it could be a pretty good one. Um, you know, I think I would take him over Jacob Gonzalez. I'd take him over Bryce Eldridge. Probably take him over Enrique Bradfield Jr., uh, Wilkin, um, you know, Braden Taylor. And then, I mean, then you're you're at the point in the draft where, like, he went. Like, so <laughs> it's like him and Chase Davis are guys that I personally would probably take in fantasy ahead of some of these other guys. But, like, you know, I don't care as much about Enrique Bradfield's speed with the new rules probably – um, I also don't probably care about it. About, I don't care about his defense. I don't care the fact that he's a 70 defender plus defender, whatever you want to say out in center field. That doesn't matter to me. Um, Wilkins more one dimensional, not a young shortstop. I'm going to gamble on that. Um, Taylor's great hit tool. There's power. I don't know how much more projection there is there. Um, I just flat out like him more than Jacob Gonzalez. Uh, Bryce Eldridge maybe could be a mistake because he's a, a really talented player you know um and you know somebody that obviously uh is a two-way guy that's potentially going to pursue that um but yeah i think i think either if even if you took eldridge or like enrique or wilkin over him you could probably sneak him into the top 15 if you're dropping out like mitchell and louder and dolander and maybe meyer you know or like a jacob wilson so like for me i think he's going to fit in there pretty easily yeah so uh, how about him or Kyle Teal or Nolan Shanuel? You're sitting on the clock. Pick pick 12, say. I'm going to take Kyle Teal. Um, okay. You know, I think Teal's already in, in high A. He's teaming up with, with Roman Anthony now, right? We like that. That makes us happy. Um, <laughs> I think Mr. Mr. Chris Clegg was out there this evening to see that team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I think Teal is like arguable top 10 because regardless of whether he's a catcher or not, I think he's going to hit enough that he's really, really exciting. He's probably one of the players I'm going to be targeting heaviest in uh, FYPD, which is probably a little, probably a little wacky, you know, to be honest, because he's a catcher, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually not what we go after, but he's such a good athlete, solid player. He actually, so in his, in his uh, high A debut, he went three for five tonight, Dylan. Uh, game is in the bottom of the eighth. Um, two RBIs, a run. He did have one strikeout. Um, no extra base hits. It was all singles, it looks like. So, kind of. I think I, I saw Clegg. I think uh, timed his pop time. It was like one point nine or something like that. <clears throat> so. But we're we're digressing. We're on a tangent, Jeff. We're here to talk about Florida Complex League looks that you got. But let's do a segue to another FYPD guy against the team that you said the Jays were playing, Philadelphia. Aiden Miller. You saw him. How did he look? 19-year-old. He has more walks and strikeouts. I'll just give the, the road rundown of what he's done so far. 23 plate appearances, more walks and strikeouts, 21% to 17%, 179 WRC+. Plus. His swinging strike rate, which is actually his contact rate, is like 94% in 23 play appearances. So not too shabby. How did he look once you got your eyes on him? Yeah, so I saw Miller twice. Um, so I saw him my first day there on Thursday. 
Then I saw him again on Saturday. Um, so I saw him for three at bats on Saturday, and I think I saw him for five at bats on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So I've, I've seen all, I've seen almost 50% of his, of his plate appearances, um, is really what I meant to say. So yeah, um, he's interesting. So good body, strong guy, uh, right-handed hitter, um, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, there's power there. He made starts at, at shortstop in both games. Um, I think he probably slides over to third base. He's a bigger guy. I think, you know, not like huge or anything like that, but he's strong, broad shoulders, maybe about six, two. And you can tell he's going to add maybe 25 pounds of muscle and just be a bigger, stronger guy, um, which I think will aid his, his, his game. He's a power hitter. Um, he made a fair amount of contact in my looks. Didn't get fooled a lot. Wasn't a ton of swing and miss. There was a pretty good approach as well. Um, the thing that I noticed about him, and I had a scout mention this to me, is everything he hits is at the opposite field. Um, and he heavily attacked pitches that were on like middle out as opposed to like middle in. So like you talk about a Spencer Torkelson, one of the issues with him, very big middle in hitter. Like everything he just tries to get in front of it. You know, he's trying to pull stuff. Whereas the opposite here, where like he doesn't get into his best power because he never pulls anything and he doesn't really turn on anything in the outer half. I think the swing may be a little bit longer. That might be part of it. Pat's a little bit longer. It's more conducive for him to hit stuff in the outer half and kind of drive it out to the opposite field. But everything he hit hard and he had four balls in play. I think I posted all of them. Everything went to like middle out. So it was like middle to the opposite field. Like he really didn't, you know, he didn't pull a single ball over two games. Um, I wonder if that might be a bit of an issue. It's another fixable thing, but just one of these things that just to bring it up. But I do think that he's a guy that I would gamble on an FYPD in terms of he might fall into your second round. If you're in a deeper league, really late in the first round. And I think he has some more upside than, you know, some of the guys that you're going to see in this range. Um, I might take a gamble on him, frankly, you know, um, there's certainly some, you know, there's a debate for him, Dylan head, you know, George Lombard, uh, Ralphie Velasquez, uh, Colt Emerson, of course. But, you know, I, I do think depending upon what your style of player is, and if you, you know, maybe you got another one of these short stops and with another pick, I could see, you know, Ada Miller being a guy that you, that you grab. And I don't think he has a ton of hype at this point, but, like I said, there's a hit tool there. There's power. Um, he's going to play a position even if it's not shortstop. Yeah, it's not It's not bad. You know, late first rounder, it's not a bad pick. Guys in that range pop all the time. It wouldn't shock me. A name I noticed you didn't list when you were naming some of those guys, George Lombard, <clears throat> et cetera, was Kevin McGonigal, another draftee, Detroit. Um, he has nine plate appearances so far. He has 11% walk rate, 11% strikeout rate, a 205 WRC plus, another uh, strong showing right out of the bat, 18 years old, uh, not as big as these guys that uh, we've talked about, Namala and Aiden Miller, from my understanding. Uh, how did he look? Um, interesting. He's he's small. Uh, <laughs> he's not a he's not very tall. He's 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 maybe five. He might be listed at five nine. I would bet he might be five seven. Um, oh, well, yeah, strong though. 
like he's he's like a he's like a like a tree stump like broad shoulders pretty strong there's bat speed there there's definitely barrel control um i saw his first professional hit he had another ball that he hit um to the outfield uh for an f9 i think that was um much better contact he had like a infield single to the second baseman that he legged out i think i posted it you can see it he you know he got up there it's probably above average run um hustle player was pretty good at second no real major issues there uh not gonna be like a standout defender or anything but i think he can play the position fine maybe the the arms definitely stretch it short um you know and I think he's going to hit like, it's just, it's a ton. She was at short that day. It's a ton of, it's a ton of barrel control. Um, I just think like it's compact. It's short. He can hit. Is there like huge upside? Like definitely not. He's not somebody that's going to, you know, hit 30 home runs. He's not going to steal 20 bases. You know, he's probably not going to hit the middle in the middle of the order. But I think he could be like a really good like number two, maybe even a leadoff hitter that like gets on base, hits, scores runs, has like enough power and enough speed to kind of fill up a variety of categories. Um, I liked him. I, I didn't think he was bad at all. Um, like I said, not the biggest guy, but I think when you're talking about like a second baseman, you know, that can hit, bat first guy, yeah, give me give me him. And I, I saw another one. I'll, I'll just leave him here. I saw Rock Riggio, who's a little small, like not a huge guy, not super tall. He's taller than McGonagall. Really strong college player, of course, played at Oklahoma State, had a great season there. Um, you know, I I think I like McGonagall better. I think there is more upside there with McGonagall than there is with Riggio. And that might be silly. I think that, like, Riggio probably might be a better athlete than McGonagall is. Um, he's a little bit bigger. But... Um, I just uh, I I like I like McGonagall's swing more. Um, you know they're both left-handed hitters, second baseman. Uh, I like McGonagall's swing more, and that's why I went higher in the draft and was more highly touted. Um, and I think he will hit. So he's another guy that like if you get him in your second round or maybe even third round or fourth, depending upon size of league that you're in and style, um, he's not a bad grab. Like I think he's going to be a pretty good fantasy asset and could be a guy that hits like in the a levels next year really really early and is like really productive you know i wouldn't even shock me if he sees lakeland at some point this this summer later in oh, the year, September. yeah he could maybe see like five to ten games there wouldn't shock me so i'm going to go off script to another tiger that we didn't talk about earlier uh but i know you sent me a photo of him who he's taller than uh Ke uh, Kevin McGonagall. That's Josue Brisano or Brisano, the Detroit Tiger catcher, who's like six four, six five, something like that. I, I'm gonna, I'll read off some of his stats to give you some time to compose yourself and think of what you want to say. No, I know. Uh, he he's he's been at the top of the complex rankings for a long time. Um, One forty seven WRC plus on the year, over one hundred sixty plate appearances. Basically, same walks and strikeouts. Uh, 215 ISO. His stack cast data looks good too. He's got, uh, you know, over an 80% contact rate. His 90th percentile exit velocity is, you know, over 102, 10% barrels. Looking good. The caveat being, of course, he's a catcher. Um, but you saw him. How did, how did he look? <laughs> oh, okay. He is not going to catch long term. I think he's a first baseman DH. Um, he's a big boy. 
really strong. Uh, his swing is very bare bones. Uh, it's very upright. Um, doesn't get into his lower half a ton. He's got a ton of strength and leverage. Um, very physically mature. I don't know. You know, I don't know with this one. Uh, I think there is absolutely probably easy above average, maybe even plus power, maybe more than that. You see the, the exit velocity data. So, you know, it's, it's right there. And he doesn't, he has feel to hit. I don't know if there's enough bat speed necessarily. That's something I'm a little bit worried about, but I could be proven wrong with that. Potentially. I just, I don't, I don't have numbers in front of me, but just from the eye test kind of a deal. He's awful behind the plate. Like there's like he, I don't think he'll even catch in like a ball. Like it's that bad. Um, he was swimming back there, man. Yeah. He was drowning. Um, yeah. I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know. I don't really know with him, um, but maybe it's like first base DH with a ton of power and you know, the contact skills play up. It's just it, it was a, it's an ugly looking setup and swing, and so I don't want to get caught up in the aesthetics of that because we know that the data is pretty good. Uh, so like data over aesthetics, performance over aesthetics, like it's just gonna work, kind of deal. Um, but I don't know. He's one that I'm gonna watch closely. I'm not as sold on on him. I, I mean, I think what you're talking about is is fantastic information. This is it speaks to the the philosophy we're trying to imbue in a, in our discussions and all yeah, that about of marrying the data with with this the the eye test so it just kind of speaks to not you know blindly saying oh joseph Presenio is at the top of the list so i'm going to grab him it's like what's the context is he going to stick behind the plate is there going to be defensive pressures etc what will the plans be for the the big league club how, how does the setup look etc so yeah, nothing to say. We're at 20 minutes, so why don't we take a quick break and we'll come right back. What do you say, Dylan? I, I think it sounds great. All right, let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. <laughs> and we're talking FCL. I saw the time and we always forget to do ad breaks. So 
Like, so I'm like, I must remember to do an ad break. Must remember to do an ad break. I had like, I had a little stopwatch tied around my finger to remember it. So there you go. <laughs> so let's, let's go to the stacked Yankees team now. Let's do it. Um, we're going to talk about all these guys and Manuel Tejeda, Kaner Delgado, Hans Montero. I know we talked about John Cruz, who I personally like. You said he was injured. You didn't get a chance to see him. He came back today. Um, mm-hmm. So we won't be able to talk about him. But let's let's talk about that, that Yankee team. And then we'll, we'll segue over to the pitchers uh, because I'm a professional segwayer. So let's start with Emmanuel Tejeda, 18-year-old, 170 plate appearances, also has been near the top of Robiscoe for a while. He has 20 stolen bases, only five caught stealing. He has three home runs. Not not the, the the most in the world, but 155 WRC plus 141 ISO, over 20% walk rate. Um, the stack has data. He's got good contact. His exit velocities aren't the greatest, which kind of speaks to the only no. three home runs on the season. The barrel rate's low as well. What did you see in Emmanuel Tejeda? Yeah, just a super skilled player. Um great approach on base ability. There's bats of ball skills there. I really like the swing. There's bat speed. I think he's a projectable guy, um, probably 5'9 to 5'11, um, but I would say like 170, 180. Like he probably has another 20, 25 pounds he could add. I think that the home runs will start to come. A, a comp that I had gotten recently, a, a funny prospect to prospect comp, was um, that Tejeda is not all that different from Aswald Peraza that like Peraza has like the advanced approach and, you know, they eventually taught him to hit for power and he's a pretty good defender and runs pretty well. And I think that that's what you're getting with Tejada. Um, some people love him, you know, uh, I think Roderick Arias is the guy from this team. Like of all the guys in this team, I didn't see him. He's obviously hurt. Um, but I think he's the name that sticks out. And I've heard that, you know, it's kind of your pick between Tejada or Delgado. Uh, in terms of who you like. Um, and then I think Cruz kind of settles in behind those guys. And there's others too. I mean, this is a, a pretty stacked team to the point that I saw like almost two different lineups and they had guys in both of them. Um, but yeah, I think that Emmanuel Tahad is definitely going to be eventually a top 100 prospect. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be like a back end of the top 100 type of prospect. He just does a lot of things well. And, you know, I think we see when there's approach like this with production and it's not just all ground balls, right, to the pull side, those guys typically jump up pretty hard, you know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he made like, you know, he became an Adel Amador type of guy too. You know, it kind of falls in that range, maybe a little bit better defensively than Amador is. But, yeah, I mean, I think um, he's definitely a guy. He's definitely a guy you want to have him rostered, I would say, and, Leagues that have 200 to 250 prospects, he's probably perfect. Maybe like 150 might be a little bit too shallow for him. But he's Frenchy there. Maybe I would. You know, it depends if you like the upside. You want to play the upside card, then go for it. But, um, yeah, just because of the proximity, it's so far away. It's tough to own those guys, roster those guys in a 150 or shallower, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But that that's that's good. I, I didn't realize the ceiling was so high. So let's, let's talk about Kaner Delgado. He... He was popping last year in the DSL, but he was 18 years old. So I was a bit cautious. Um, he's now 19 because <laughs> it's a year later and he's in the Florida Complex League. He is got numbers very similar to Tejeda. He's got five home runs, 24 stolen bases. Um, a number of walks is basically the same as number of strikeouts, 13% each. 
123 WRC plus, a little lower than Tejeda. And he's, like I said, a year older than Tejeda. Um, he gets love in, in some circles and he also doesn't get love in some circles. Um, wh- where do you fall? I liked him a lot. I think he's a pretty impressive athlete. Um, really explosive. That's one of the reasons he's stealing as many bases as he has. Um, I want to go back and look at the, and look at my, my film here for a second, because his listed height and weight looks way off. Um, you know, from what I had seen, I didn't think he was, was that small. Yeah. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but eh, maybe that's right. I don't know. It has him listed at five, at five, seven, one forty-five. I don't, mm. I think he weighs more than one forty-five. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big swing. Like, you know, he definitely, uh, tries to, you know, swing out of his shoes, but, um, doesn't strike out a lot. It's good contact. Like I said, he's an explosive athlete. There's a ton of bat speed there. Um, and I like the swing, like, you know, he's looking to do damage and he's still making contact switch hitter as well. Um, so he's a, he's a really interesting player. I think Connor Delgado is another guy that kind of falls into that, um, you know, 200 to 250 type of guy. I, I think, I think these guys are going to pop. I think these are two guys and Arias that are going to blow up. I think the Yankees have, I think the Yankees are sitting on a couple of diamonds right now and on that FCL team. So let's talk about the last one that you did see Hans Montero, another guy with the same amount of walks and strikeouts has got a Woba in the low four hundreds. He's got uh, double digit steals and only four home runs at WRC plus of one thirty one. So very similar on the surface numbers to Tejeda and, and uh, Delgado. Um, what did you see with Hans Montero? Yeah. So Montero is, and you can check out some video. I think I have some pretty good swings up of old Hans um, you know, he's the guy who I probably had the most question marks on. I mean, it is, it is a pretty steep, uh, attack angle on his swing. Um, you know, but he, but he hits some, I mean, he hits the ball pretty hard and gets the ball in the air. Um, you know, a, a fair amount, uh, you know, I'm even, I'm looking at the fly ball rate. I'm shocked that his ground ball rate at a complex this year is 45% because I felt like across two games, like everything he hit was in the air. Um, you know, pretty good approach though. Uh, you know, he can run a little bit, still not as explosive, um, you know, as Delgado is and not as much skill, I don't think, as Tejada has. Um, but still another pretty good player. I think he maybe falls in, in a, you know, a, a a level below those guys just in terms of how I would, you know, value him. That's funny. I'm looking at the three. I have them all kind of pulled up in front of me, <clears throat> their numbers, and they all have like ground ball rates that are very similar. 44.6%, 46%, All their, their contact rates are all red. They're all above average and all their 90th percentile X velocities are slightly blue, just below average is very similar like profiles for all three of these guys. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before, before we talk about a teammate of theirs who throws the ball from the pitcher's mound, do, is there anyone else you want to talk about on the hitter side, the FCL, someone like uh, sure. Sam, Sam Shaw or Raylan Herrera? Yeah, let's, let's, th- let's throw out three um, sleepers here, two from the Phillies, one from, um, from the Blue Jays. And Sam Shaw is one guy I wanted to bring up. He is pretty interesting to me. So 
believe that he is a Canadian draftee. Um, and I got to double check on the round right now, but um, Jay's got him, I think with an overslot deal. Give me two seconds just to confirm what round it was. It was in the ninth. And yeah, he got a little bit under, he got two eighty two, two hundred eighty two thousand five hundred dollars um that is uh more than a hundred thousand dollars above slot there he is from british columbia lambrick park beautiful lambrick park i'm sure you've been out there many times um but left-handed bat tons of hitting ability like i think there's like barrel control contact approach is pretty good um there's not a ton of impact frankly um, but I think he could maybe even grow into it. Um, just like the shoulders, everything like, but it's like a really advanced hit tool guy. Uh, we know we like those guys. The models like those guys. Um, they perform pretty well early on. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put like a huge ceiling on Sam Shaw, but he's definitely somebody that I would be, I would be going after for sure. What position does he play? Uh, I think he was playing se- he's a second baseman. He has uh, in seven plate appearances as of yesterday, no strikeouts, no swing and misses yet, but also no walks. One nineteen WRC plus, so yeah, not a bad little start. Seven seven plate appearances, no strikeouts. Yeah, I think he's a really interesting player. Um, the other one I was going to mention is uh, Rylan Heredia, who was playing in the outfield. I think they played both games where I saw him with that FCL Phillies team. Uh, I think he played over in right field. Um, you know, kind of an average body, definitely projectable right-handed hitter, um, kind of like an unusual, like toe plant, like in terms of his setup, but he sees the ball really well, walks pretty at a high rate, uh, hits the ball, you know, fairly hard. He's got four homers, uh, seven steals. He's got, you know, 340, he's hitting 341, 429. 561 over 154 plate appearances in the complex. Um, you know, there's some power. There's on-base ability there. There's definitely a little bit of swing and miss. Um, and he's kind of twitchy. He's a good base runner, I swear to God. Like, every time he, would, he got on base, he walked a ton when I was there. And every time he got on base, I swear to God, he'd be over in third. Just, you know, stealing bases, moving along. Like, definitely a good base runner. Um, interesting player, you know. Interesting overall player. Could probably play some center field as well play some right field, could play in you know, all three outfield positions, typically you can play center, you can play all three, but you know, anyway. So he was he was an interesting guy that I I wasn't I had the name on my pref list. Uh I wasn't terribly familiar with him. And uh I think he's pretty good. There is definitely some swing and miss, some strikeout stuff there, but uh it's kind of just below danger zone territory, you know. Um, but there might be an issue next year with some whiff, but he's at least an interesting player there on the complex that I saw and was hitting leadoff for that Phillies team. Uh, every game so that was kind of interesting and then another guy here that i'm going to mention um from the phillies he was actually their ninth rounder this year out of uh southern illinois university and uh, he is a big guy by the name of avery awasu asidu i might have butchered that last part of it um but i think it is o w u s u so i think that is awasu and the last name, uh, it's a hyphen A-S-I-E-D-U. So Asidu is what I'm going to say, is Awasu Asidu, Avery Awasu Asidu. Uh, he's 6'4", 230. Man, he looks like he should play tight end in the NFL. And uh, he had a great year at Southern Illinois. 
Um, obviously, a you know a very small or you know mid major conference, um, but he hits the ball really hard. You can check out some of the swings I posted. Um, you know, bigger right handed hitter um, played center field. Uh, I think he's actually a Canadian as well. Um, so we're getting a lot of Canadians in here just for you, Dylan. He's a little bit under slot actually in the ninth round, but uh, he's really interesting. And he's somebody that, um, you know, I had some Phillies brass that were kind of kicking around that day. And he was a guy that they pointed out as someone they're really excited about. And I think there's a good reason to be um, great body. Uh, looks like somebody that has power. He's athletic. And this might've been like a smaller school steal. So we'll see, you know, I think he is a, uh, a very interesting player. Check out Avery Owasu Asidu. Uh, I'm looking at the the video you posted. That swing is just—he looks like the ball just flies off the bat. Just yeah, I mean he's very strong. Very nice, very nice. He's real man strength. So yeah, those are those are the hitters that I'll bring up. I don't have any other names. <laughs> well, that means we have to talk about pitchers then. So let's talk about Henry Lalane. I'm going to say. Maybe it's Lalanne if he's French. No, I think it's Lalanne. Um, he is, uh, he's actually originally from Brooklyn. His father played Division I basketball in the States. His sister is a, uh, like a, a national Juco All American in volleyball. Um, so I think he is like, um, you know, American, like, Ethan Salas's, but was an international signee or, um, you know, who's the guy from the, the, the guardians that I'm totally drawn. George about. Valera. Uh, yes. And George Valera, another one that was, you know, an American that signed there or Alex Reyes. So he's one of those, he is six foot eight left-hander. <laughs> he sat 93 to 96 miles an hour, touched 97, 98 miles an hour. It's great shape. So he's getting ride and run. So he's got heavy bore just like you like it. Um, mixing a changeup, which I think some scouts think is his best secondary. Then he's got, you know, a, a slurvy slider at like 79 to like 77 with kind of two plane break. He threw a ton of strikes. Um, I think he struck out eight batters over three innings, uh, had a little rough patch in the beginning and then he locked in and was throwing strikes. Uh, you can watch the video. It's loud, dude. It is legitimately loud stuff. And I got a great camera angle on his start too. Um, so you can go and watch it. That's all I'll say. I went out. This is the guy that I went out. I traded for fab and I went out and I bid a bunch of that fab on him because I wanted to make sure that I have him on my roster. Um, you know, it's, it's a big, tall, hard thrower from the left side and he's got the makings of three pitches and uh, he's already got a plus fastball. It's, it's dirty. Yeah. This guy is, this guy was very loud. I didn't expect him to be that loud. And then I saw it and it was like, oh my God, <laughs> holy crap. This is a guy that's going to be in a top 100 sometime. Yeah. And, and when you're that big, but you're that athletic, especially with the bloodlines you're, you're iterating earlier, uh, like <clears throat> it's impressive to have that le level of, of athleticism with that, you know, that, that big levers and, and yep. uh, be able to control your body that well. So yeah, he has a 5% walk rate over, 14 innings. He has 38.5% swing strike rate as posted on fan graphs. Um, I talked about him in uh, the Robo Scout article. He's like a top five, top six pitcher or something like that already at the complex, even though he's only thrown 14 innings. He was a helium guy in the hot sheet a couple weeks ago. 
Um, yeah. Henry Lalane, a guy uh, you should go out and grab before it's too late. BA was on him, like Ryan Clifford, baby. Um, it's so funny to see Clifford blow up, and I was like, we were talking about this guy early, early, early. Yes, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and I got one other pitcher that I saw that was pretty interesting, a Jays guy for you. Nolan Perry, a right-hander, really good breaking ball, low 90s fastball with pretty good shape. Uh, he went five innings. I think he struck out seven. I think they were scoreless, uh, scoreless five innings. So he looked really good. Um, I was impressed. I was, I was, uh, I was very impressed by by uh, Nolan Perry. I thought uh, there was, you know, some legit stuff there. I don't know if he ends up in the bullpen long term, but um, looks like he's got some starter traits, and you know, should probably be it. I would say he'll be in the rotation at low A, uh, Dunedin, to probably start next season. You want to talk about the last pitcher that I saw? Yeah, why not? The big Blue Jays, the big Blue Jays pitcher, the one everybody wants to probably talk about. Yeah, we might as well. We should go ahead. Fernando Perez, <laughs> Ricky Tiedemann. <laughs> oh, Ricky Tiedemann. <laughs> I saw Ricky Tiedemann. I would presume his last high, a low A start. I think he's going to be up in Double A this week, but I haven't gotten that confirmed. I would assume he's pitching in New Hampshire on Friday. That is my guess. Uh, I don't actually have any information behind that. I'm just guessing. He dominated. This is the best I've ever seen him, and he always pitches three innings and under 60 pitches when I see him because it's always what he does. Um, he was like 96 to 97 for three innings. Nobody could touch him. The slider was great. The changeup was great. He was getting his best break on it. He was landing everything and just overwhelming these low A hitters from Fort Myers. They couldn't touch it. So he struck out nine of the 10 batters that he saw. Uh, he gave up one hit and I think it was a, a two strike count and a guy kind of just threw his barrel at it and hit it to the opposite field. And it snuck through the three, four hole if I'm remembering correctly. It was like a nothing hit, you know? Um, he looked great. I mean, I guess, you know, the whole thing with him, is can he throw five to six innings? If he can throw 80 to 100 pitches for two months straight, I think that I'd be all in on Ricky Tiedemann as the best pitching prospect in baseball. But dude, like he still doesn't throw that much. And that is a concern. I can't go all, all, all in until I see a guy throw 80 to 100 pitches consistently for months. Even if it's 70 pitches to 85 pitches, even even Grayson Rodriguez, who was baby, did that. He went five innings consistently over the last two or three years, you know. So I need to see that from him. And once Ricky starts going five to six and he holds it that second time through the order, I'm going to be all in. That's my one concern. Because the stuff-wise, I had this conversation on a top 100 meeting today. Stuff-wise, he's as good as anybody. You know, wow. Yeah, I guess nine strikeouts and three innings is is pretty good information on the that he's going to get promoted. <laughs> so that's great to hear. As a Blue Jay fan, I love to a hear the good news, b end the podcast on a Blue Jay, uh, full circle, book ending it perfectly. Um, any any final thoughts before we uh, before we break? No, that was uh, it was a wonderful wonderful week. Um, you know, I was down there with my buddy. Uh, Dan Fu, if you know him from uh, some some of the dynasty leagues, he's a big player, and uh, it was a great time. And I, you know, I want to get down to the complex as much as I possibly can. If I could live there and just see complex league games, I mean, you'd see so many players come through. It's unbelievable. Great, awesome.
but it's great to have you back. Thank you. So. <laughs> great to be back. Well, all right. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up then, Dylan. It's been uh, the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. He's Dylan White. I'm Jeff Ponce, and you're listening to us. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.